Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. With growing numbers of children affected by complex and chronic conditions that can affect their learning, the American Academy of Pediatrics is highlighting ways that students' health and well-being can impact their educational environment and how physicians, our pediatricians that we love so much, can help patients struggling at school. My guest is Dr. Laura McGuinn. She's a developmental and behavioral pediatrician with UAB Medicine and a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. McGuinn, as a parent of two teens, one of which struggled when they were younger, I know how my pediatrician got involved in this. So first tell us, how do children lagging in school exhibit these behaviors? Are there certain things we should be looking for as parents that would tell us before the school even tells us that our children are having issues that might affect their learning? Melanie, thanks so much for that question. It's a really important one. Uh, parents can be really um, r- quite knowledgeable about this because they're they're right with their kids, and if they see early on that they're having trouble with rhyming or enjoying learning the alphabet, those kinds of things, those are really important issues. If they know that their child had a uh, problem early on in the in, during pregnancy or in their newborn period, those are all risk factors that bring learning to the forefront as a potential problem, Um, not wanting to go to school, a variety of other symptoms are going to show up, and parents are the ones that are going to see that first. So the pediatrician's your next step. Well, that was going to be my next question. So do we go to the school first, or do we go to our pediatrician and say, is there some sort of a screening? Should we get some sort of an evaluation? That's who we go to first. What would they do? Sure. Well, I would probably go to both places. Um, for school-aged children, you have two, two uh, allies in your backpack for help. <laughs> um, the pediatrician can help you start the process if you've got a, an upcoming appointment. Lots of kids are kind of going infrequently to their pediatrician if they're healthy. So sometimes the school is the place where you're going to have the quickest access. Uh, the place to start there is with your child's teacher or with your child's principal or maybe both. Um, you can bring up concerns about it. You may hear some um, delay strategies sometimes, and if that's happening, then maybe your pediatrician can be your become your next ally that would help you um, assert at the school in, in things that you think your child would need. Starting with the school with a letter would be helpful too, so helping you do that. There's lots of resources in the state. We can provide some of those on our website. We have on the AAP's website, we have... Um, a variety of those for you. So starting with schools and and pediatricians is really important. So that is really important. And is our pediatrician going to help us dig deeper to learn about what really is going on with our child, whether it's just a temporary something, school avoidance or something, or maybe something more serious, something on the spectrum, something even with their eyes or their, I mean, there's so many things that can, that can affect a child's learning. Absolutely. And, you know, if you if you have a good, long-standing relationship with your pediatrician, they're absolutely one of the best places to start this digging process. Uh, the symptoms are just the symptoms. They're, you know, if you have a sneeze and a cough, it may be that you have um, 
a cold, or it could be that you have strep throat, or it could be that you have a developing tumor. I'm being sarcastic a little bit about that, but the symptoms are really nonspecific, and struggles with learning are similar to that. They're really nonspecific, so there's lots and lots of underlying causes that can contribute to it, and each child has their unique picture that needs to be addressed or assessed, and the pediatrician's definitely trained to do that. Um, having your having all of your information available, and then if you feel like you're getting um, blocked in that search, continuing to ask, well, if it's not that, what else could it be? That's a really important question to keep in your backpack also. Well, so if we can determine, and not always, is it possible to determine, because sometimes it could be societal or environmental, psychosocial, it could be so many things with our kids. How involved should parents be? Because I think even with children without learning disabilities, but kids that are lagging behind in school or spending too much time on their phones or whatever it is, a parent always wants to know, should we be helping with homework? Should we be helping them study for tests? I myself was pretty involved and maybe too involved, but I loved studying with my kids. I loved studying the Constitution and helping them write papers, and I liked that. Was it too much? Should we be doing that? What do we do? I think it's really individual by child. So um, taking cues from your child about how helpful that and and useful that is to them is really important. So I have two kids, both of whom have learning disabilities, and one wants me at her side throughout her whole homework process. And our son, who's a little older, doesn't want me to be involved at all. He feels shame around that. And so we actually have external tutors for him um, that help him get through it in a way that my husband and I can't. Um, so it's really, really individual to the parent, individual to the child, and, and being careful and, and respectful of your child's needs. And you are the best person to know those because he's your child or she's your child. Taking cues from that and then following up with that. But ultimately you're involved because you're the one that's providing the resources. So definitely par- parents' involvement is key in this situation. Well, and I'm glad you pointed that out because kids can be embarrassed when they're using a professional tutor or they could be more embarrassed if it's their parents helping them. And I mean, I feel lucky in some ways. My son in college is still calling me for help with, you know, various things that he's studying. And that's good. But how do we deal with that psychosocial aspect of a child who is whether they have learning disabilities or whether they just have a little delay in their learning, a little trouble. How can we help to build them up? Because anxiety, school anxiety is huge these days. How can we help that for them? Absolutely. So um, making sure that you approach it with the idea that all children want to succeed and no child is lazy. So lots of people who see school failure problems Um, Maybe they were treated that way as a child. They were told, oh, you're just lazy. You just don't want to do this. If you start with that as a theory, you're kind of sunk. So starting with, you know, I know that my child wants to do her best or his best, and there's something in the way that's preventing that, that'll go a long way uh, in your journey to helping your child feel better about themselves. Because if somebody's believing you in your own corner, uh, it just helps. Um, and, And realizing that this is, very distressing to most children. So not being able to be like their peers or not, or, you know, they end up feeling shameful or or stupid when they're not. Um, And making sure that if it's starting to 
impair their ability to get to school or start, you know, wanting to go to school, period, or if it's starting to um, change their other habits like how they're eating or the things they used to enjoy that they're not enjoying anymore, be really wary of those being symptoms of maybe approaching anxiety or depression and getting some help starting with your pediatrician and then moving through potentially to the mental health system if you need to for psychology, um, psychological help through a psychologist, a child psychologist. I think that's so important, Dr. McGuinn, and I think you've brought up a good point in that this can have a lasting effect for kids when they have that school anxiety or they are worried that they're not as smart as the other kids. Are we still holding kids back? Is that still a thing? Oh, please no, (laughs) ever. So um, there's really, there's a century of evidence that that's super harmful for kids. So repeating a grade is just not an effective way to help a child. And lots of educational settings still kind of use that as a strategy. We think if we just wait a little bit longer, they're going to mature out of it. Most of the time, if something's going that wrong, that it's starting to impact grades or impact academic functioning, there's something neurologic going on, most likely, or, you know, something psychosocial going on. And just being treated to the exact same intervention that was done previously that has no adaptations that are unique to that child's needs is probably, is highly likely not going to work. So advice to hold back or belief that if we just let it wait out, it's going to get better is not an effective strategy. Ugh, it's terrible to even think about what goes through that child's mind. So give us your best advice, because really, parents want to know how they can help, what they should be asking their pediatrician, and how they can help with evaluations and assessments and advice for if your children are just having a little bit of school issues, whether it's social, whether it's school avoidance, anxiety, or really trouble understanding math. I I still can't do the fifth grade math. I couldn't help my kids with that. But, you know, all of these things tie together to give our kids that really good, healthy environment. What should we do? So I would potentially, depending on where you are in the process, if you're starting to see problems, start collecting things systematically. So get a notebook, just a simple three-ring binder or something, because you're probably going to have a lot of paperwork along this trail. So just pragmatically or practically, get that notebook and start collecting things in one place. Meet with your child's teacher or talk to them, email them, phone them, whatever. Find out when their office hours are and try to take advantage of of being respectful and, and meeting with them in the time that they have available. Meet with them after school. Find out what the teacher's perspective or perspectives are and um, start there. That's what, that's where I would potentially start with the journey. And then if you feel like you have a supportive environment at the school that's going to help you move forward um, and you really feel like evaluation or further evaluation is indicated, I would actually write a letter requesting that and put a date and your name on it make a copy of it and keep it for your records, and then start the journey for diagnostic processes at your at your child's public school if they're in a public school. Um, with the pediatrician, set up an appointment and tell the person that you're scheduling it with that you have a school concern and make sure that they allocate enough time for you to have a um, a, a significant enough conversation. So if you need a half an hour to really explain things, ask for a half an hour appointment. 
That's really great advice because we don't want our children to have anger towards school or anxiety towards school or a feeling of disconnect. We want them to love learning and we want them to succeed and have good self-esteem while they're doing it. So all of these points, doctor, are so important. And thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your incredible expertise and giving us this great advice because every parent goes through this at some point. So it's really good information and listeners, you've got this information from the gold standard, our pediatricians that we love so much from the American Academy of Pediatrics. This show, Healthy Children, where we're all learning together. You can listen to this show on RadioMD.com, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are played. But be sure to share them with your friends so that we can all learn from the experts together. For Healthy Children and Radio MD, I'm Melanie Cole. Stay well.